0: Great to be in church this morning. So good to be. I don't think so good to be with you this morning, and I'm glad that you came out. So, if you were here last week, I spoke on victory over gossip. So, who enjoyed that one? Yeah. Who suddenly pulled themselves up as soon as you started talking when you got home from church? So. Yeah, it is really, uh, really good to have you here if you're visiting with us this morning and just want to explain what we do as a church. You would have seen people raising their hands. It's our form of uh, honouring God, worshipping the Lord, reaching closer to Him, surrendering, uh, whatever else we may want to interpret that as. And also uh, we pray. We pray because we believe in God. We believe that God can change our situations and our circumstances when we bring them to him. So I also just want to uh, congratulate our uh, baptizers for their decision. Fantastic. And the next service, we have another couple of people being baptized in the next service as well. So looking forward to that. So this week, if you thought last week was hard, this one is going to be another doozy. So I mentioned two things that were closely related to gossip, and that was envy and pride. And I think when those two are combining together, then gossip is the result. It's the baby that they they create is, is gossip. But uh, there is a spiritual stronghold that we do have to grapple with and tackle with, and that is pride. So I'm just going to give you a scripture this morning. Jesus set the tone for his followers in a way like no other leader has ever done. And I'll I'll read that out to you, Matthew 20, verses 25 to 28. Because what it is, is Jesus gives us a parameter uh, to live by, an example to lead by, and a way in which we should live. So Matthew 20, verses 25 to 28, it says this, You know the rulers in the world lord it over their people. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man, which is Jesus, talking of himself, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus gave a servant model of leadership that is impossible to fulfill if you live with pride, if you're full of pride, if you, if you have that kind of an attitude, that um, you will never be able to live up to any of that stuff that Jesus is just describing. So I'll give you a few things um, about what pride is. So uh, if you're taking notes, you can jot these things down. Pride is an elevated significance of our own achievements. Um, it's an excessive opinion of one's own dignity, importance, and superiority Um, pride wants to be served but doesn't serve Uh, pride wants to be heard but doesn't listen you you, there's some scriptures there you can jot them down they're on the screen there for you and you can look these up yourselves pride expects respect but doesn't respect so it's a a very very uh, powerful thing that is a negative influence on our life if we don't learn to control it the, the origin of all sin. So who's ever heard the, the term original sin? And we think of uh, the Garden of Eden, Eve in the nude, <laughs> eating fruit that she shouldn't eat. That's the original sin. That's what we think it is. But actually, that was the second original sin. The original original sin was, was Satan in heaven in the presence of God who became full of pride and, and he wanted to be God. And And because he had this pride uh, um, uh, created within himself, uh, he was evicted from God's presence. And and if you you want to look those kind of things up, Isaiah 14, verse 13 and 14, and Luke 10, verse 18, give us a brief little description of how Satan was evicted from heaven. But it was because of pride. He wanted to be God. Um, Now, there are three possible results that pride delivers And they are all bad. i just got to be careful. I don't want to go and have a bath again. Number one. So if you're taking notes, we're not going to be too long. Who thinks, oh, thank you, Jesus. It's like, we're not going to be too long this morning. But number one, pride elevates the estimation of ourselves. So what pride does is makes us think we're much better than we are, in other words. Um, Some of the greatest kings in the Bible miss their best. Uh, they turned away from God when pride entered their heart I'll give you two examples King Uzziah now these are good kings kings of Judah and uh, it says Uzziah followed God and when he uh, and when he became powerful he became proud which led to his downfall 2nd Chronicles 26 16 Hezekiah, another great king of Judah. These two are like the, 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 the great kings that you thought, well, they did things really well, but pride came in and ruined their reputation. So Hezekiah became proud and did not respond to the kindness of God and, uh, and God's blessings over his life and over his kingdom. And it says that God's blessing was lifted off him. So two great kings who started so well but got caught up in pride's web. So pride damages because it inaccurately elevates our estimation of ourselves. It's an inaccurate balance, an inaccurate scale. So when we when we have pride uh, uh, emerging in our spirit or in our soul, we begin to have an um, an overestimation of ourselves in every way that is not real. So 2 Chronicles uh oh, sorry, 2 Corinthians Uh, chapter 10 verse 12 it says this in the NIV Bible when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves they are not wise because you know what if I measure myself by myself I am the Hulk I am so strong I am so amazing I can run I can jump I can I can do everything but you know what when it comes to reality I realize I'm not as good as what I think I learned that really hard a uh, couple of weeks ago at the state conference. Um, Maddie George from Tumby Bay and Josh and myself, uh, I got challenged to play Buck Hunter at, at this place we were staying. I had the Buck Hunter game with the shotguns. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach the young bucks. <laughs> so we got, got this game going and I'm like, you know, I, I'm going to win this. No worries. And then they said, it said, choose your animal, what you're going to hunt. And I'm thinking, the moose, because that's big. It's the biggest thing you can't miss. So I, chose, I got to choose what we're going to play for. We're playing for the moose. We're going to kill the moose. And you know what? These dirty rotters, they beat me and they posted it on Facebook and social media, the score. They took pictures. Who would do that? Who would do that? It's just a game. But when success comes your way, don't get a fat head. I love the sayings we have in Australia, don't get a fat head. So what you need to do when when you start seeing success in your life is honour God for that. You need to bring that back to God and give him the honour for the things that are going well in your life. So there's ways to honour God. Um, It's like giving Jesus some priority. Give him some priority places in your life. Um, Now, this is very uncool to say, but uh, you've got to honour God with your giving. Uh, honour God with your serving. Honour God with your time. There are ways in which you honour God that uh, that keep your pride in check. Because you're saying, when, when you honour God with your giving, you're saying, God, I, I have a blessing in my life because of you. It's not because I'm so good, I'm so smart, I'm so clever, I'm so I'm so wise, I'm so talented. I mean, I'm talking about myself again. <laughs> but I know we all think the same. So th- these are ways we need to learn to honour God. Honouring God takes the pride out of ourselves. And we start to say, God, I'm blessed because you've blessed me. God, I can do what I do because you've gifted me. All those things are the ways in which we honour God. It's really, really important to to tackle pride by honouring God. So uh, the other part that we uh, we tackle pride is honour each other. It's one thing to say, well, I'm honouring God, but you're real mean to other people no we need to honor god and we need to honor each other so the second thing that pride does is pride leaves no room for god in our heart if we take this down to a spiritual perspective right now psalm 10 verse 4 says in his pride the wicked man does not seek him that is seeking god in all his thoughts there is no room for god so pride gives jesus an eviction notice so when we're living with pride we go Jesus, are you in there? You're kicked out. We don't want you here anymore. So pride says, I got this. I've got it all worked out. I don't need anyone. I don't need I don't need help. I don't need advice. I don't need opinion. And I don't need Jesus. Because that's what ultimately pride in the world brings that perspective into our spirit. And we start to think, well, I don't need anyone's help. I don't need your opinion. Who asked you? Leave me alone. So a better way is living with spiritual perspective um, that gives you the best life. It's, it's not about um, fitness or strength or even stuff. It's about what's inside that says, whatever happens, I'm good. Whatever happens, I'm in God's hand. So Philippians 4 verse 12. I use a lot of scriptures in these uh, these messages because it's putting a whole lot of things together. It's not like an exposition of one particular scripture. But Philippians 4 verse 12 says... Um, Paul says he's content in all circumstances. He says, when I've got a lot, I'm happy. When I've got nothing, uh, I, I'm still grateful for God. So he's content in all circumstances. And that's something we need to develop is in our spirit is a grateful spirit. And pride robs you of that kind of perspective in life. It, it, will, it will drag that out of you. Um, we'll look at a few more things about pride. The third thing, pride inhibits inhibits spiritual growth so you know we have inhibitions what we don't need is an inhibition to grow spiritually we need to let the inhibition grow so that we can be strong so that we can be developed so that we can become mature christians so pride is a blinder of truth about ourselves so uh, those with it can't see it feel it or sense it they're not they're blind to it they don't see that that's in them so pride has its own language, it has its own culture that blocks spiritual progress. So uh, we're unlikely to want to change if we can't see that we need to. So if you, if you don't, you don't realise it, then you can say, oh, everything's good here. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1 says, I, I love this scripture, While knowledge maker makes us feel important, it is love that really builds up the church. And so knowledge can be pride. And we think, well, I know, I know more than the pastor. He's preaching nonsense all the time. I can do things better than everybody else around here. They, they don't know what they're doing. And so we can have pride rise up and out of knowledge or out of information that we have in our head, but that puffs up, but it doesn't build the church. What builds a church? Love builds a church. So make it a goal to build up, not puff up. Um, in the NIV, it says knowledge puffs up, that is prideful while love builds up. I love it the way it says it there. So the point of today's message is to promote growth in our lives and the church by evicting pride. And so often we've evicted Jesus and we wonder why we're we're struggling through life. We need to invite Jesus back and evict the wrong tenant that is in our heart. Say pride, just like Richmond on on Friday night. Yes, sir. See, when I think about myself, that's me on Friday night. That was, I was out there. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> the way to grow and keep growing. The Christian life is, bef- is best lived through spiritual encounters that keep us connected to Jesus and we become more and more like him. So I wrote this in 2012, just in case you're thinking I'm picking on you this morning encounters with God don't lead us to pride but to reverence so Moses he encountered God in Exodus 3 verses 1 to 6 we know it as the burning bush who's ever heard of a burning bush experience it's when Moses was minding his own thanks Rory Moses was minding his own business in the wilderness suddenly sees this bush that's on fire that just keeps burning now I don't know how long he noticed it for because it says he, he turned aside and thought, why is this bush still burning? So maybe he saw it in the morning and then he thought, oh, this bush is on fire. And then he was looking after the sheep and, and doing his stuff. He's had his lunch and this bush is still burning. And then well, later in the afternoon he thinks, hang on a minute, that's only a little bush. It's been on fire since this morning. i better have a look at what, what this is. And it says he turned aside to look at this bush that was burning. He had an encounter, and then the next thing he knows, he goes to see this bush. He gets close enough to it. And then God speaks to him out of nowhere and says, Moses, Moses, and he says, God knows my name. And he says, Take your take your shoes off. You're on holy ground right now. And he gets this collision with his destiny with God at this burning bush moment. And and uh what what I think what well, now what am I getting to? This encounter with God. Um it says that he he covered his face and he was afraid to look at God. He has an incredible encounter. And and you would think, I mean, look, I know you're not me, but, but I think if I had an encounter like that, I'd be I'd be like, you know, I got something. I got something to say. God spoke to me. And and yet he doesn't go away with, with pride, but he comes away with, with you know incredible humility yeah. that, that God has spoken to him and he's covered his face and he's afraid to look at God. So he has an encounter. That, that, um, that didn't create an attitude of pride within him, but an attitude of humility. So he didn't go, hey, Pharaoh, hey, people, hey, world, God has just visited me. God has just given me instructions. You need to listen to me. Now, although God spoke with Moses, it caused him to be humble among men. And you know what? Some of the things that you, you, you can notice is you can judge people's fruit. And you can tell when someone is full of pride and full of arrogance and full of attitude, um, and they might think, but God's given me some great revelation. God's met with me. And so I know where you're doing things wrong. But you know something? When God really speaks, there comes a humility of spirit upon us. So Moses was humbled by his encounter with God. Romans 12, verse. uh, sorry, Numbers 12, verse 3. So the fruit in Moses' life of his time with God was humility, not pride. So our best defense against pride is to live close by Jesus. Walk close with Jesus because it keeps the pride out and lets Jesus in, keeps you humble. Pride has bad fruit. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5 tells us that we ought to examine ourselves, look at ourselves, take a a look at our our internal sometimes and, and start to see, well, am I prideful? Am I allowing pride to rob me of the purposes of God? Now in Proverbs 13 verse 10, it said pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. Conflict and arguments follow pride around. And that's the fruit of pride. That's the result of pride is there'll be arguments, there'll be strife, there'll be fighting. And we need to, to analyse ourselves in that respect and say, well, why is it everywhere I go that I seem to, seem to be at war with people? I remember once at Marion when I was a plumber working on a medical centre at Marion and I uh, went out in the car park to get something out of the out of the work you And um, there's this big fight going on in the car park. A lady and a, a man in the car having a big argument. And I thought, oh, I'd better help here. So I went and said, hey, what's going on? And the guy drove off. And this lady turned to me out of nowhere and says, I must have a magnet in my head that attracts people to fight with me. I'm thinking, well, maybe there is. Maybe maybe there's something in her. But But... I don't know I don't know her background this that was about the end of the conversation the guy was gone and she was left you know claiming she's got this argument magnet that she has that causes people to argue with her but maybe there's a spirit of pride that is demanding that is that is confrontational that is causing her to wherever she goes have have the conflict with others it's a fruit of pride that we don't need in our life so I want us to give us uh, I want to give you some advice. Oh, it's for me to to keep us on track. So Habakkuk, everyone say that Habakkuk, Habakkuk, Habakkuk. Habakkuk two, verse four. It says, "Look at the proud; they trust in themselves, and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God." I really love that. It talks about the uh, the results of pride. But it also gives us a way out. The righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. Now, faithfulness is a doing word. I encourage everyone to find your part serving God and faithfully do it. Don't allow pride to take you away from what God has for you. So a couple last points here. Romans 12 verse 16. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. This is the Bible here. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Right. And in the NIV it says, don't be conceited. See, the, the idea Jesus has for the church, that it is a place of extraordinary grace, where people of all types are together. Together. It's a play on words. A people where a place where all types of people are together, together. Because you could be together and not together. Think about that. But some of the greatest things that God has for us are hidden from us in the shadow of pride. So here's just a thought. Racism is pride. There's no place for it in the church. We say to ourselves, I'm not, I'm not working with her. That's the accent of pride. And we do we, we say we have these things in, in, in uh, church environments. Oh, I'm not going to go there. That's the accent of pride. I'm not forgiving. I'm not going to forgive that one. Not this time. It's the accent of pride. I don't, I don't tithe. I don't give. That's the accent of pride. I'm not serving. That's the accent of pride. So, we're going to pray this morning. If you can just bow your heads with me this morning, for the accent of pride to be taken out of our hearts and out of our church. And we're going to declare an eviction of pride. We're going to reject its fruit. And we're going to open our heart to let Jesus be king again. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning, just as if you will? I'm just going to give you just three quick points and then I'm going to pray. We release humility as we honour Jesus today, as the one we serve. We give Jesus room in our hearts and in our church and we evict pride because we desire Jesus to encounter our... we, 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 We ought to desire those encounters with God, with Jesus. And we want to pray that God forgives us for our pride because we, are, we want to be people who are willing to go, willing to be wherever, wherever we need to be, serving with whoever we need to serve with. And I'm going to pray that we are released, that we release people from the grip of pride. And I believe that when we start to let pride go, God can start to really use us in a very powerful way. So let's just pray this morning you will just raise your hands say let some of uh, some of this message get on me today so dear heavenly father we release humility over people's lives today we want to honor jesus above ourselves lord i pray give us the the room in our hearts and and in our church we evict pride and we welcome in jesus to the throne of our lives and in the throne of this church so lord we pray that you forgive us of pride Lord, we, we want to declare right now that we're willing to go, that we're, we're willing to serve with whoever is alongside us. We're willing to give as much as we have to give. And I pray, Lord, that you release us right now from the grip of pride. And Lord, I just speak and, and confess over every person here today who you're working on on this morning that the ministry call of God may be released upon their lives that they may have like burning bush encounters with you Lord God that are so real so powerful and and so clear that they may know that you are the one calling them into your purposes for their lives in Jesus name I pray amen amen just take your seats for one more thing I never want to leave a service without giving people the opportunity to get their lives right with God so we have a we have a, a slide that we, we, this is a prayer that we pray. And uh, if you've never been in church or you don't know how to you know become a Christian, basically what Jesus said is, if you believe in me and, and uh, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you'll be saved. And what this prayer does is gives us a confession that we believe in Jesus and that we're willing to allow him to forgive us of our sins. So if you will this morning, we pray this as a, as a church often on Sunday mornings. But um, if you pray this, Today, for the first time, and you really mean it, then you can step from death to life. You can step from eternity without God to eternity with God. So, if you're willing, let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Today, I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. God bless your church. Thank you for being so good at listening and uh, we'll see you afterwards for a cup of tea. God bless.